0: Hey everyone, I'm your host, Ichi, and welcome to What Happened Again? Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today we're going to continue on with our Oscar series, and today's episode will be on Knives Out. As always, I'll be giving a summary of this movie, followed by my thoughts and review. And so if you've already seen this movie and you don't wanna sit through the summary, in my description below, I'll have a timestamp as to where you can skip ahead to go straight to my review. Another warning is that the summary and review portion will have spoilers in it. And so if you haven't seen this movie and you wanna watch it spoil-free, then I suggest stopping the podcast right now, go back and watch the film, and then you can come back and listen to my reviews on it. And so with that, let's get started. This movie is a huge movie, there is so much going on, And unlike Marriage Story in my previous episode, where it only had like three characters, this movie has about 10. So there's a lot, but I'll try my best to summarize it the best that I can. And so this movie starts out with a man named Harlan Thrombey, and he's a very wealthy crime novelist who just celebrated his 85th birthday. And so the movie starts out with his housekeeper, Fran, and she's trying to get him up in the morning. And when she enters his room, she finds him dead with his throat slit. And so now the cops and this detective named Benoit Blanc come into the scene and decide to interview everyone who could have been a possible murderer that night, which was the night of his birthday party. So, like I said before, there are many characters in this movie, and they all belong to different subfamilies of this larger family, you know, Harlan Thrombey's family. And so I'm gonna list them all right now. I'll explain who they are later, but right now I'm just gonna go through a whole list and which subfamily they belong to. So just try to follow along. The first one is Linda Drysdale. She is Harlan's eldest daughter. And she's married to Richard Drysdale and they have a son named Hugh Ransom Drysdale. Harlan then had another son named Walter Thromby, and he was married to Donna Thromby, and had a son named Jacob Thromby. Then he had a daughter-in-law named Joni Thromby, who was married to another son but that son had passed away. And she has a daughter named Meg Thromby. Finally, there's great Nana Thromby, and that is Harlan's mother. Then there's Fran, the housekeeper, Marta Cabrera as the nurse. And then we've already mentioned them, but the two cops and then Benoit Blanc. So now the cops are interviewing the main parties of families, mainly the adults. And as they're talking, we learn more about them and their situation. And so as I mentioned before, Linda is the eldest daughter, and she had a really good relationship with her father. And just like him, she built a company from the ground up. And it's really funny because she makes sure to tell the cops that it's her company, not her husband's. There's a scene where the cops you know, call it their company, she's like, no, 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 it's my company. I'm the one who built it. And so now they interview her husband, Richard, and he doesn't admit this to the cops, but he has a flashback to the morning of Harlan's birthday party when Harlan asks him to come into his office. And it's revealed that Harlan found out that Richard has been cheating on Linda this whole time. And so the morning before the party, he brings Richard in and tells him that if he doesn't tell Linda, he'll tell her himself. And so now it gives his audience, you know, a suspicion towards Richard because it gives him a motive to kill Harlan. And so now everyone's talking about their son, Hugh Ransom, which everyone just calls Ransom because he's not there and everyone calls him the black sheep of the family. And so the next person they interview is Walter, which is Harlan's youngest son. And we learn that Walter took over Harlan's publishing company. And again, this family dynamic is really interesting because they're very competitive with each other because Linda and Richard made sure to point out that Walter did not build the publishing coming from the ground up, but was given the company from his father. And so, again, he does not admit this to the cops, but he has a flashback of the night of the party, and he was arguing with Harlan about movie rights for the books. He says, you know, there are books, let me do something with them. And Harlan then says, you know, they're not our books, they're my books. And right then and there, Harlan fires Walter from the publishing company and he says, You know, the worst thing that I did for you was not letting you build your own company and call something your own. And so I'm going to let you do that now. And so he fires Walter right there. And so he tells the cops that he just got into a small argument with Harlan, um, which is obviously not the truth. And so it gives the audience, you know, another suspicion on Walter because now he also has a motive to kill Harlan. And so the next person is Joni Thromby, who again was married to one of Harlan's sons, but the son passed away, and she was kept in close contact with Harlan. And so Harlan gave her a yearly allowance, and he also paid for her daughter Meg's tuition for college. And so, just like the other two, she did not tell the cops about this, but she has a flashback to the morning before Harlan's birthday party when she too got called into his office. And it turns out that she's been scamming Harlan out of his money, and he finally caught her. And so what she was doing is that she had one office and checks to Meg's school and she had another office and checks directly to her telling them that she would deposit the money to Meg's school. So she was double dipping and Harlan told her that he caught her and that after today they would be getting no more money from him. So again she tells the cops that it's just a small misunderstanding, but it gives again the audience another motive for killing um Harlan. So that's the end of the main family members interviews and the cops don't think that anyone in the family killed Harlan because their motives were too weak. And they also had valid alibis, and so the cops go through the scenario of that night, and they say that there is a creaky staircase, which is the only way to go up and down the house. And so Linda slept in the bedroom right under the staircase, so she knew each time someone walked up or down. So the first time was when there was a loud thump upstairs in Harlan's room. Joni walks upstairs to check on them, and Harlan says that him and Marta, who was his nurse, were playing Go and the board fell over. Next, Marta was seen leaving the house at midnight, walking past Walter and his son on the porch. Past midnight, Harlan comes downstairs for a snack, and Walter tells him to go back upstairs. Meg then comes home later that night after going out, and is then later woken up by barking dogs. And so that is everyone's story, everyone's story matches, and it all makes sense. So then they go and talk to Marta to hear about her story. We learn that Marta can't lie, or she'll physically throw up. So she has a flashback to what really happened that night, and it shows that after Harlan's birthday party, they go upstairs and she was playing Go with him, and after having lost the game, Harlan flipped the Go board over and it fell to the ground. She gives him his medicine as they you know, discuss the events of the night because she knew that he had to do really hard things by cutting off four family members, but he did it anyways, and so they're just talking, and then she goes, you wanna do some drugs? and she's carrying a bottle of morphine. And so he's like, ooh, yeah, give me the good stuff. And it's just their cute way of administering morphine to Harlan because he's been going through some pain. And as she's setting up the morphine, she realizes that she actually got the bottle switched. And so instead of giving him his actual medicine, she gave him a full bottle of morphine, and she was actually holding the real medicine in her hand. And so she's freaking out, because he's only supposed to get three milliliters of morphine, and she just gave him 100. So she tells him that he only has 10 minutes to live and she's desperately searching in her bag for another medicine that will cure a patient if they had accidentally taken a lot of morphine. So she's searching through it and Harlan is kind of calculating in his head. He's like, you know, we live out in the woods. And so if we call the ambulance, you know, by the time that they get here, it would have been past 10 minutes and I would already have died. And so he's like, Marta, do you have the medicine? And she's like, yes, 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 I do. And she's searching the bag and then she looks at him. She goes, I can't find it. I don't have it. And so she runs and she tries to call the ambulance and he hangs up the phone and trips her, which is that large thump that we heard earlier. It wasn't the go board. And he says, listen to me, okay, I have 10 minutes to live. We already calculated it. By the time the ambulance comes, I'll already be dead. And if I'm dead and you're held responsible, not only will they put you in jail, but your mother's undocumented. That means they'll take her away and separate your family forever. So he comes up with a plan to help her get away with this, and then he slits his own throat. And so the plan that she needs to do is that when she goes downstairs, she needs to declare loudly what time she's leaving to Walter. That way, Walter knows exactly when she left the house. Next, she was to climb up this like ladder thing on the wall and go in through the top window of the house into Harlan's room and change into his clothes, then pretend to be him as he's getting a snack. Walter would then see, and that way everyone will know that she left and he was still alive. She almost does everything flawlessly, but as she's coming back down the ladder thing, she's seen by Nana Thrombey, but it's okay because all she says is, Oh, Ransom, are you back already? And so now we're back in the present day, and not wanting to lie to the cops because of the throwing up thing, she tells fragments of the truth to keep her safe. So now we're on another day, and everyone is gathered at the house for the will reading. This is when we first meet Ransom, and he is said to have gone into an argument with Harlan the night of the party and stormed off. His reasoning is because Harlan told him that he was writing him out of the will, and everyone's like fighting with him because they're confused as to why he's even there, because apparently he didn't even go to the funeral, and they say, you know, writing him out of the will would be good for him, it's what he deserves. So the will reader begins and says that everything Harlan owns, he gave it to Marta. And so now everyone just explodes because it really enrages the family and they don't understand why and they refuse to believe it and they just start attacking Marta with questions and accusing her of manipulating the situation. They're like, did you have sex with my father? Like, Did you do my father? And before they're acting all nice, they said that they'll take care of her and the moment that this happened, they just all start attacking her. And so with the help of Ransom, she escapes the situation. And she goes to a diner with him and tells him everything. She then gets a phone call from Meg. And Meg is Joni's daughter. And Meg is supposed to be this huge liberal that really cares about the people. You know, in college, people joke that she is getting a SJW degree. And so that's like her vibe that's going on. And so she gets a phone call from Meg. And at first, it seems like Meg cares about her. She's like, oh, wow, that was crazy, right? But then slowly, you hear that Meg is just trying to get Marta to give back the money. She says like, well, I think you should give back the money. You know, it's not fair that you got everything. And then she tells Marta that her mom is broke and that she won't be able to go to college because they won't be able to pay for her tuition. And Marta then responds with, don't worry, I'll take care of you. And this is obviously not what Meg wants to hear because you see her abruptly hang up the phone. And so it was just a really funny moment of Meg not getting what she wants. And so Marta goes home the next morning and Walter is by her apartment and threatens to reveal that her mother is undocumented, which Meg told them by the way. So this whole nice girl Meg just revealed everything to her family to get what she wants. And so Walt comes by, threatens this information and you know, Marta's like, will my mother be okay? And Walt is like, yeah, with our money, we can get really good lawyers and help her. And then Marta says, okay, that's great because Harlan gave me all your money And so with my money, I can get her the lawyers that she needs. And so the family decides that the only way to get Marta to give up the will is if she violates the Slayer rule, which is if she had anything to do with Harlan's death, even unintentionally, then she does not get the contents of the will. And so Marta goes inside and finds a blank letter with the words, I know what you did on it. And it's written on a blood report. She then tells Ransom and they go to the blood place and they see that it's all burned down. She then gets an email telling her to meet at a certain location but the police see them and they go on this like really wild police chase and at the end of it they tell Ransom to get out and actually arrest him. And so Marta and Blanc are in the car now and they're driving to the house and on the way Marta asks to make a quick stop because she wants to go to the meeting place from the email. She goes to the meeting place and she finds Fran, the housekeeper, in a chair. And it seems that she was injected with a whole thing of morphine and she's dying. She grabs Martin. and she says, You did this! And something like, My stash! Before passing out. And Marta's freaking out and decides to call the police and save Fran, which ultimately turns herself in because she doesn't want anyone else to die. And so when she gets back in the car, Blanc tells her that Ransom told them everything. And she decides to tell him the rest. And she decides to confess because she can't deal with this anymore. And so they get to the house and Marta goes to Fran's stash because that's like the last words that she said to her and they find the blood report. So she gives it to Blanc and she's now in the other room and she's about to admit everything to the family. But Blanc runs in and says that it's not her fault and it's actually someone else's fault. So he takes her to another room and tells the cop to grab a certain someone but he whispers it to them so the audience doesn't know who it is yet. He then takes two medicine bottles and covers up the label. Ransom then walks in and everything is revealed. So now it's the moment in the movie where like it's the huge reveal, the huge like twist of the movie and so there's a lot going on and so just stick with me, it's gonna be a lot. And so it is revealed that during Harlan's meeting with Ransom, it wasn't just Ransom that was written out of the will, it was everyone. And it was also revealed that Marta would be getting everything. And so after he left the party, he returned and entered through the top window the same way that Marta did and went into her bag during the party while everyone was downstairs and switched the contents of the medicine bottles. He also takes with him the one medicine that would have saved Harlan's life, the one to help people with morphine overdose. And so after he switches the contents, he goes back down the window and he's seen by Nana Thromby. And this is why when Marta was seen coming back down, she says, oh, you're back again. That's because she saw Ransom earlier that night and just mistook Marta for a ransom. And so it was Ransom's hope that Marta would give Harlan the correctly labeled bottles, because then she would be giving him the incorrect liquids. However, because Marta accidentally switched the bottles, she actually re-switched them, giving Harlan the correct medicine in the first place. That's what the blood report was saying. It was saying that Harlan's blood was normal and not filled with morphine. And so Blanc tells her to give him the morphine from the bottles with the covered labels, and she gives him the correct one. He then says that the reason why Ransom's plan didn't work was because she wasn't looking at the labels. She was looking at the color of the liquids because she's a good nurse. And because she's done this a million times, she knew the medicine just by the liquid color and not by the labels themselves. And if Harlan had just listened to her and called the ambulance, he would still be alive today. And that was just extremely heartbreaking to hear. And so Ransom is still not off the hook because he realized he made a mistake that night at the diner when Marta confessed to him. The I know what you did report was not given to Marta initially, but the ransom from Fran, because while everyone was at the funeral, Ransom went back to the house to grab Marta's medical supplies and Fran saw. So she blackmailed him and Ransom knew that the clean blood report would clear Marta's name, allowing her to keep the money. So Fran set a time to meet with Ransom and then Ransom gives a letter to Marta and emails her a later time to meet, pretending to be Fran. So Ransom burns down the blood place, then meets Fran at their scheduled time and injects her with all the morphine and burns up what he thinks is the last copy of the blood report. This is all seeming to be true because when Marta thought Fran was saying you did this she was actually saying Hugh did this because remember his first name is Hugh but everyone calls him Ransom because he only made the help call him Hugh and I say the help with air quotes because that's what he actually called them that's not what I'm calling them and so he hopes that Marta will find Fran dead get caught for it, and also have no way of clearing her name for Harlan. But instead, Marta calls the police, ruining his plans once again. So then she gets a phone call from the hospital and she tells them that Fran is alive and that she is ready to give her testament. Ransom says that he doesn't care because he didn't do anything wrong. Attempted murder is not a bad thing and Fran is alive and so he's fine and he'll only get a few years in jail. Then Marta throws up on him because Fran is actually dead and Ransom just confessed to his murder. And so the movie ends with the family walking out of the house since it's not theirs anymore. And Marta is watching from above from the upstairs balcony and the family slowly turns around one by one and looks up at her as she's claiming what is now hers. And that is the end of Knives Out. And so now let's get into my thoughts and review. And so I just want to go into my facepalm segment now because I just want to get all the bad stuff out of the way so I can just love on this film and not be interrupted. And so my first facepalm moment was the scene when Ransom comes for the will reading and everyone's getting into this huge family fight. It's when Ransom says, eat shit, eat shit, eat shit, you eat shit, and he's just saying it to everybody. And it was just really extra and over the top. And I know they're going for a huge family fight, but now they're like physically fighting off each other. They're screaming everywhere. And it just doesn't seem like a family fight that would normally happen. Again, I think it might have been exaggerated, but I didn't really find it funny. I didn't really find it necessary. And I really enjoyed the subtle insults the family had to each other rather than the outright screaming and physical fighting. So there'd be insults where Meg would call Jacob a Nazi and then Jacob would then call her a liberal snowflake. Like small stuff like that I found way funnier than this huge over-the-top fight. Another face palm were the two cops other than Blanc that were just really bland. Like one of them was really useless and annoying. Everything that he said like didn't help the story. It wasn't really that funny. And the other was just really not interesting. The best part of them was when they're going through the event of the night when they're talking about this creaky staircase and you know what time people were seeing and stuff. That was really really interesting but I think it was only a good scene because they were narrating and the actual scene was filled with acting from the other actors. It wasn't because of them. Another thing that I thought was a face palm was the donut hole analogy. I know a lot of people liked it, but I wasn't a fan. I really didn't think it was funny. I wasn't following along with it. It made no sense and it took way too long. It was just like really drawn out and I just wanted it to end. So yeah, I did not enjoy that part at all. And another facepalm was Joni's carefree vibe, like her valley girl vibe. I found that to be really annoying. I know there are people out there that are like that, but that is just the one personality that I could not get behind out of all of the characters that were there. So those are the only bad things that I could think of for this movie. Everything else I thought was great. So my overall thoughts are that I love this film. Again, it's something about people talking in rooms and showing flashbacks that like really get me. And so I really loved the beginning of everyone telling their versions of their story. And it was really funny because, like, everyone had a different version, of course. So when Linda had the flashback, it's, like, her family giving the cake to Harlan. And then when Walter is telling his version of the story, it's, like, his family giving the cake to Harlan. And, like, obviously one is wrong. And I really loved, like, the contradictions that they were saying. And I also loved it when it got to martha's part and she was struggling to find the cure when she accidentally gave Harlan the wrong medication. Like, I was actually crying. Like, she was so scared. She was desperate to find this medicine and Harlan was so comforting, so calm. And I just didn't expect to cry during a thriller movie. I didn't expect it to make me feel as sad as it did, but it did and I loved it. Another part that I really liked was seeing the events of the night told by the police and then seeing Marta relive those moments, but seeing what she was really doing was actually so cool. Like when we see her go down the stairs for the first time and she passes Walter and Walter looks at his clock and it's 12 o'clock and then you see her doing it the next time and Harlan's like, okay, make sure you say the time really loudly. And Marta goes down the stairs and she's like, oh my God, is it already midnight? And then Walter checks his time. Like it's the same scene, a little different, but I just love the different takes on it. I liked how this movie really kept me on my toes as well. Like, I truly didn't know who did it. I had a feeling that the normal family members didn't do it because they all kind of seemed dumb and their motives weren't that great. But I wasn't sure if Marta was good or bad. Like, when she got everything in the will, I was like, did she plan all of this herself? Like, is she actually a bad person and she manipulated everything? But then as the movie went on, I was thinking, like, did Harlan set this all up as like one final plan before he dies? Like, did he find out he had some disease like cancer and decide to go out with one last bang rather than just die like a sad death? And so I really didn't know who it was. And at the very end, you know, I think it was kind of obvious that Ransom would be the person that they called in but I didn't know why. Like I knew that he was gonna be the guy that was coming into the room, but I still didn't know like what he did to be guilty. I just kind of knew that he was guilty. And so yeah, even to the very, very end, I still couldn't predict it. And maybe I'm just not that intuitive, but I had no idea um, when I watched it that Marta was holding in her puke as Ransom was confessing. Like when she got the phone call and I was like, oh, Fran's alive. I was like, okay, she's alive. So when she puked, I was actually really, really shocked. And the second time I watched it, I could tell that her face was uncomfortable. And so it made more sense. But the first time I watched it, you know, the thought that she was lying never even crossed my mind. And so another thing that I thought was really, really interesting about this movie was all the personalities of the family. And so, again, there's like 10 family members. There's a lot of them. And they weren't all the same or at least they like made an attempt to all be different. And so you had Linda's family that was like the moderates because linda cared for marta but richard was like blatantly racist and ransom referred to people lower than him as like the help and then you have walter's family that was just like outright leaning towards the right you know they were the ones who were like illegal immigrants are bad we don't like them they were like all for kicking them out and then you have meg's family that's supposedly like really liberal And so you have like all sides of the political spectrum, but then you realize that it doesn't even matter because right or left, none of them cared about Marta at the very end. Like when Marta was given the whole inheritance, you had family members that were supposed to be upset and they were upset. But then you had family members like Meg and Joni and they'd be like, let's just talk about it. We're here for you. But then Meg like calls Marta and tells her to give the money back. Like that's not caring for her. That's being selfish. And then she tells the rest of her family about the illegal mother And so Meg was actually like the worst one because she was supposed to be this liberal who was for the people and cared about others. And that was the label that she wanted to put on herself. But at the end of the day, she only did what was best for herself and for her family. And so everything that I mentioned were you know things that I loved about the film. But I'm gonna go into my segment called Obsessed because there were some things that I was just like obsessed with. And so the first thing I was obsessed with were the stupid jokes about where Marta is from. And so you have people throughout their interviews and throughout the movie who say things like, oh, Marta, she's from Ecuador. Oh, you mean the nurse from Paraguay? Marta, she's from Uruguay. Marta, your Brazilian nurse? Like, it was so funny because again, it's a family from all sides of the political spectrum, but none of them have the decency to actually know where she's from. And it was just so funny every time they brought up a new country. The next thing that I was obsessed with was the absolute badass scene when Walt comes and tells her that with their money, they could protect her mother from deportation. And then she says, okay, well, Harlan gave me everything. So with my money, I can get those same lawyers. Like that was amazing. Like she really stood her ground at that moment. Same with when Meg calls her and says like, oh, I can't pay for college. My mom's broke. And Martha says, it's okay. I'll take care of you. Which again, another badass moment because earlier in the film, The whole family was like, oh, Marta, you know, you're poor. It's okay. We'll take care of you. And so now Meg is saying, oh, we're broke. And Marta's like, it's okay. I'll take care of you. And of course, you know, the unforgettable ending when everyone's walking away and she's standing on the balcony and watches from above as they're leaving what used to be their house. And she's holding up a cup that says, my house, my rules, my coffee. Like she owns his house. Harlan gave her everything because unlike them, she was kind-hearted and they were just all bitches, honestly. Another thing I was obsessed with, and I think everyone was obsessed with this, was Chris Evans in that sweater. He just looks so good and I'm pretty sure everyone loved him in that sweater, like everyone. And so the last thing that I was obsessed with was during the car chase when March's car is going so slow, like like Ransom is like, Keep pushing the gas. And she's like, I am pushing it. And they're still going really slow. And then you see that Blanc is trying to call her on her cell phone. And she's not answering it because she's, you know, trying to get away from him. And she looks out the window and Blanc's car has caught up right up to them. And he's like motioning out of the window for her to answer her phone. Like that was so, so funny. So those were the moments that I were obsessed with on top of everything that I already loved from the film. And so I think. My favorite quote of the movie, it's a really stupid one, like I don't know why this quote really stuck with me so much, but it's when Ransom's arguing with Harlan and Harlan says I'm giving everything to Marta and he goes, "Marta, you're Brazilian nurse." And I think it was just so funny because we've heard everyone else say, you know, Ecuador, Paraguay, Uruguay, but then it's been a while since we heard that same joke. And then at the very end, when they're revealing everything, it still references that reoccurring joke that they've been doing this whole time. And it really caught me off guard and I laughed so hard. So that is my quote of the movie. And so overall ranking, again, I'm not giving it a numerical ranking. I'm putting them into buckets and my buckets are love, great, good, like, all right, apathetic, and bad. And I would honestly put this movie in the great category. This is not a movie that I think is like the best thing ever made, so I'm not going to put it in my love category, but it's a movie that I would happily see again, and I think it's a great movie night kind of movie, and it's also a movie that I've been recommending heavily to all my friends. It meets my criteria for rewatchability, entertainment, and I think it's a great mixture of funny, sad, and just all-around thrilling, and so right now, it will be sitting in my great bucket. And so that's the end of my episode for Knives Out. I really, really enjoyed this film. And so if you liked what you heard and you're really interested in watching this movie, I highly recommend it. It is a great film to watch. And so thanks for sticking around and thanks for listening. Next episode, we'll continue on with this Oscar series and the next movie that I'll cover will be Little Woman. I'm really excited to see the film. I'm really excited to cover it. And I just hope you guys stick along and I hope to see you soon.